The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Top 10 lists are the worst. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I'm Rachel, and uh, Ian is not with us, but we do have another co-host, Mike. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm not Ian Tullick. So that's, I'm just going to put that out there right away. Um, I'm also not as smart as Ian Tullick, but what I do lack in smarts, I make up for in bad opinions. So I, you, you guys, you're in for a treat. Let's do this. Exactly. I feel like you bring more like of a, an emotion to the podcast, whereas Ian and I kind of felt like robots, except when I was talking about my steering wheel. Um, I, br- I, bring, I bring a common person aspect to it. You guys are on in your, you know, statistical elite tower, your ivory tower looking down on all of us. And I'm, I'm just the lay person, you know? I'm the person you, you, you have to explain things to me like I'm for, and I feel like the audience will really appreciate that. So let's, uh, I can't wait. This is great. All right, so I feel like we should probably talk about what's going to change and what's going to stay the same. Well, there's a big one in that Ian's not here. <laughs> it's going to be me. So. Okay, so that's the first change. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ian is going to make recurring appearances on the podcast, provided he's awake. Not on my watch. Well, yeah, no, I know, I, mean, I know, he's going to get shunned. Um, but yeah, so we got a new co-host. Um, we got a new intro. Hope you, mm-hmm. uh, hope you guys like that one. Yeah. Shout out to uh, my roommate's boyfriend, Josh, for doing that. The man mm-hmm. is a music producer by day. So I was like, hey, you over there, you're going to do this. And we, yeah, I, I've never met him or I think I have really briefly, but thank you. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Um, and so we're keeping the Kovalev shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to change. Kind of, it's going to be more of like a rant of the week type of situation, mm-hmm. um, because let's face it, coaches were very frustrated with Kovalev a lot. Yeah, and if there's one thing we know about Rachel, at least one thing I know about Rachel, in my time being her friend, is that she never, she never likes to rant about anything. So we're really putting it out of her comfort zone here Couldn't be me. in the Kovalev shift to really dig deep in. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, not half the fifty, not fifty percent of the text she sends me are rants about anything. So. This, is, this will be a departure for her. Exactly. And I, I'm not angry at my soccer team at all right now. So things no. are going very well. Um, what's going to change? So we're going to do a couple new segments uh, that we'll introduce today. We're going to do some deep dive, just kind of like we did with the old podcast. Um, but we also have plot points. So one of the things, because Mikey is not a graph, Smart. like our man Ian Graf, mm-hmm. Um, we're introducing plot points and that's basically what's trending up, what's trending down. And the best part about it is it's not going to be me explaining it. It's going to be Mikey. (laughs) Yeah. I have homework to do. It's great. But yeah, you know, look, I think Ian and I also want to clarify, like there was no drama behind this. There was no big breakup. Ian, me and Rachel were all bestest of friends. It's great. I play NHL 21 with Ian Tullock every single night. It's, it's awesome. But 
he's he is smarter than me. I just want to put that out there. Like he is. I feel like I bring a different different sort of uh, uh, viewpoint to that. So it'll be interesting for me. To, it's ba- this is basically what's trending up and trending down in the NHL. So what like what's you know what's what's going on? You got to put our, our fingers on the pulse, and so it'll it'll be fun for me to to try and figure that out. And with that, let's hit it. Our first plot points. Yeah. Well, actually, so here's before we get in that. So these because we're in the off season, and it's a very weird off season, obviously. But there's like we have what six weeks basically until the NHL says, or at least we're projected to get training camps back. Right. Somewhat around that. It's October 27th right now. And the NHL is hoping for a January 1st start. Which I think is a little... Fingers crossed. Yeah. As people who work in hockey, fingers crossed. But um, so what we're going to do is our deep dive, because there's not like not much really going on right now. We're just going to go in near pornographic detail every, every single oh team God. in every division and break down what they did in free agency and, and, and the draft. And the changes they made to their organization. Yes. And... Um, I feel like we need to say this before mm-hmm. um, we get okay. yelled at about it. Uh, we are going to cover Arizona and specifically yeah. all of the things that are going on there. Um, we're going to do that more in depth when we do the Pacific Division. Yep. So uh, let's let's hit plot points because yeah. I feel like that's kind of a yeah. a good segue there. Um, so what what is so what is trending up? What's trending down in the NHL? Um, because plot points, graph reference, yep. it's like you never left. It's awesome. It, yeah. So, okay. Trending up. Mikey, what's, what's trending up in your opinion? Well, in my opinion, what's trending up in the NHL, what's really sort of skyrocketing. It's, it's always been trending up, but I think it's really lately, specifically in, in these, um, unprecedented times, as, as we'll say that, as every commercial tells us, um, the NHL's performative activism has really taken a spike up and that's specifically uh, that's specifically noticed today with the report that Dale Talon it might be joining the Pittsburgh front office or the Pittsburgh Penguins front office in a continuation of what is a unbelievable for, like we're, we're going to get into the activism part, but just from a hockey standpoint, in a continuation of what has been an unprecedentedly terrible summer by Jim Rutherford. Okay, so I would like to point out that for those of you who don't know, Dale Talon it literally came out allegations is came bad. out is racist and they just hired trevor daly which in like everything i've heard about trevor daly from people working in hockey mm-hmm. this guy is easily one of the smartest players that was playing oh, yeah. in the league so like, that's a fantastic hire not to mention the fact he is a black indigenous person of color so that's terrific and then they follow it up less than 24 hours later with this like you gotta be joking but it's also like the whole point of, of hockey is for everyone. And, you know, we skate, like all the we skate for, for black lives and stuff. It's supposed to make hockey a more inclusive and safer place. And it's not. We don't even, like, we don't know the status of, of the investigation yet. We don't know whether or not, like, all we knew is that the, uh, the Hockey Diversity Alliance came out and had a statement about that. And the NHL was investigating. And then we had Dale Talon's, Talon's horrible um, statement where he basically is like, I don't see color. And we're like, okay, dude, like that is the, the that is one of the worst things you could say. That is, yes, it is one of the worst things you can say. But it's like one of those things where I feel like regardless of whether it's race or homophobia or whatever, if there's an investigation being done into your actions, you should not be eligible to be hired until no. the results of that investigation are either complete, released, 
cleared something. you of wrongdoing because if you were found to be in the wrong, you shouldn't be able to work in the NHL again. No, exactly. It is a privilege. Like this is, and this is with all the the Mitchell Miller thing um, debacle. Uh, as he is a heinous person, we're gonna get into that later, yeah. obviously. But wow. Being be, being associated with the NHL, working in hockey, um, you know, being part of an organization, whether and, and whether it's working in hockey, working around hockey, like in the media, uh, or, or anything, it is a privilege. It's not a right. And are you sure about that? Well, according like according to the people in the ivory tower. Yeah, look, that 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 mindset's definitely trending down. If we're talking about plot points here, but yeah. they, like, first of all, it. Dale Talon, I don't even view Dale Talon as a person right now. I view him as a, as a concept, as an idea. He is the hockey man, like personified to me. Yes, there, there are a few people where you go when you think of the 200 hockey men. It's him. It's his, it's his face. It's, it, yeah. it's his face that I picture. Like when, I, when, someone, when someone references that tweet, the 200 hockey man tweet, <laughs> yes. literally like it is Dale Talon's face that, that shows up in my head. He was a horrible general manager in in florida he promptly so he ruined that organization eric joyce and steve warrior signed riley smith and jonathan marcheseau to two of the best contracts out there and then he promptly traded them to vegas to keep alex petrovic yeah okay wasn't no wasn't one of them selected just like in like allowed to be selected and expanded either way you you chose to keep alex petrovic Yeah. yeah let them go for nothing you can't even say that you're working towards a more inclusive sport when you're allowing this type of Mm -hmm. nonsense to occur. Like it's terrible, whether you're making homophobic comments or you're making racist comments, you're making misogynistic comments. Like the fact that it took outcry for, and Katie Strang being a queen Mm -hmm. to get Mike Milbury off the air for just one playoffs is insane like the second someone makes a comment like that there's got to be discipline associated whether it's a suspension or if it's a pattern of behavior you're just not allowed anymore Mm -hmm. but this whole like oh we skate for black lives and hockey is for everyone or mental health and them being about mental health i'm sorry but like it's i don't buy it it's so hollow as someone who's lived it too like yeah no You've, you've been in there you've seen that situation from the inside and it's fantasy it doesn't exist like when you look at the hockey diversity alliance too like the actual a lot of people said you know oh it's 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 another example of the nhl you know dropping the ball by not actually partnering with them and now that they're acting as an independent you know sort of a entity i think that's better for them because at least they don't have to be like they don't have to be the the sort of uh uh I don't know, like PR people for that. They don't have to come. They don't have to be the they company. They don't have to man. run things by the NHL. Exactly. Like, they can, can just say this? it. Yeah. But like the fact that, that this is getting reported, it'd be one thing if Dale Talon said these things and he was like, it, like it wouldn't be, I'm trying to mince my words here. It wouldn't be re- like respectable at all. And it wouldn't be okay at all. I don't care if you're Jesus Christ yourself. If you say these things and do it, do it, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to work in hockey, but it'd be one thing if, if, if uh, Dale Talon was like, the the greatest general manager in history because then at least there'd be a conversation yeah, where it'd be different if he was like joe sackick well well even like even if he was like bill belichick and you know uh, uh scotty bowman and you know yeah. everyone combined then at least there would be a side like the wrong side but a side that would argue well he's really well he's really good so like if you can look past it which is a bullshit argument to be honest but whatever but he's not like he is bad categorically bad at his job like he's not a good hockey man 
Which is typical. Yes. And yet he keeps getting chance after, like... Unbelievable. Dill Town has been skating on the fact that he compiled most of the 2009 Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup roster ever since they won that... Ever since 2009. Ever since they yeah, won that cup. Uh, 2020, everyone. That's yeah. 11 years ago. I'm glad you did the math on that because I couldn't. Exactly. So it's, also... But, yeah. So that's what's trending up. We, we really got into that. Okay. Yeah. It's trending down. Um, mm-hmm. William Nylander trade scenarios... Thank God. Like, honestly, I... I do not want to hear... Unless you're trading William Nylander for, like, Miro Heiskanen. you're not I don't want to hear it. But here's... here's I the, don't care anymore. I, I yeah. don't want to hear it. But here's been the thing about William Nylander trade scenarios. Is everyone says, oh, well, you got to trade him for a top... Top four right-hand defenseman. Top two. Or a top two. But a lot of people say top four, whatever. No, but people say top four. If I'm even having a conversation about But that about will never William happen. Nylander, no team's going no to trade a defenseman it. for a winger like that. Like, no, of that caliber. What are you doing? Yeah. It, it, it does. He's also a good hockey player. And we don't have to say, like, and we don't need to contract. say this. It's so dumb. He's Stop on a good contract. He's happening. a good hockey player. He scored 30 goals last year in a shortened year. What else do you want? He's a homegrown talent. And yet half the city that we live in, in Toronto, wants to trade him. It's hilarious that are like, oh, he's a perimeter player. He had the most goals from the inner slot in the entire NHL last year. Shut the hell up. Like, I just, I don't want to hear it anymore. If you're trading, I'm sorry. And like, you can say whatever you want. But if you're trading one of the big four, you're trading Mitch Marner. And I don't advocate for that. But if you're trading one of them, you're trading the dude with a big salary that can actually bring you something that, A, you send salary out and you can get a number one defenseman because for some reason... The GMs love Mitch Marner, and to me, I personally would rather have William Nylander on my team, but I guess that's just me. Low-key, I advocate for it. Low-key, I advocate for trading Mitch Marner, but... (laughs) Low-key! But we digress. Um, (laughs) Also trending down. Yes, also trending down. I'm glad we we had to put that... It's our first episode. We had to put some Nylander talk in here. Come on. Um, Also trending down is... remain. This started as Mike Hoffman's 2020-2021 salary... But it just became the actual free agent salaries in general. And the, trend, the plot points will get a lot more granular as the episodes go on because this is our first episode and we have to kind of cover things more, more generally. But if you look at the, the quality of players that are still out there on the market, RFA and UFA, RFA is it's an example, like usually, whatever. It's, it's typical. They usually get signed later. But UFA is like obviously Mike Hoffman's still out there. You know, Anthony Duclair is still out there. Sammy Votnin's still Sammy out Votnin, there. Sammy Votnin, Dominic Cahoon, um, Michael Granlin. Andreas Anathasio, Ilya Kovalchuk. I know he's not, you know, what he once was, but he seemed pretty good in Montreal and then had a pool party in, in, uh, in Washington. There's, there's a lot of, you know, Corey Perry. Yeah, like I Connor, think Corey Perry Connor Sheary. a lot. Connor Sheary too. Like, Eric Halla. You know, like uh, it, there, there's a lot of quality out Michael there Michael the Grandland. Yeah, I said that. Well, <laughs> like literally two seconds ago. <laughs> we're doing well here, everyone. Oh yeah, off to a hot start. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot there's there's a lot of talent out there. Oh, a ton of talent, and I think that there's going to be some bargain deals to be had. Even if you look at a guy like Taylor Hall, one year eight million bucks. If we're not having a pandemic. We're not talking about Taylor Hall signing a one year deal. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into the Taylor Hall. We're going to get into Taylor because I have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, and I have some thoughts on it too. You do. Really? Yeah, maybe. That surprises me. <laughs> this is news to me. This is news. Rachel having thoughts on Taylor Hall. Do you have prior experience with Taylor Hall? Like I, none. Zero. No. No. I've no, never okay. worked with him okay. in my entire life. You've never. You don't know him. No. No. Okay. No. Um, but just trending down. Like I think a lot of teams 
really just want these bargain one-year deals. And to be fair, that might not be the worst thing for a guy like Mikhail Granlin or Mike Hoffman because it's like a show-me deal. Mm -hmm. But for a guy like Sammy Vatnin, who hasn't been good for a couple years, basically since Nikita Kucherov elbowed him in the head, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of want some security. And there's definitely teams that need defensemen. So, like, I could see him getting signed. Maybe he takes less, but... Yeah, these salaries, they're trending downwards because uh, pandemic is a thing. And by the way, it very much still is a thing. So wear a goddamn mask. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Um, I'm glad you put that in there. Oh, but it's this is this is wild. Like, it's just I know it did seem like the money was there somewhat for certain people who signed. Josh Anderson, for example, he got he got paid at. Uh huh. You know, the pandemic doesn't exist for him. He, no. he got his he got his, you know, 2018 money. And we're again, we're going to get into that. Um, but it's just like like a, a, a talent like Mike Hoffman. This guy's a perennial 30 goal scorer. Like, he's got he's, one of the best releases in the entire NHL. OK, some, there's a ghost in my uh, condo anyway. Um, but yeah, he's he's got one of the best, like you said, one of the best releases in the NHL. He's a perennial, you know, 25 to 30 goal scorer. He had 59 points in 69 games last year. He's 30 years old and how much more on the 5.17187500 uh that sounds like a law firm phone number by the way <laughs> yeah that sounds um, like a selino and barnes exactly. selino and barnes injury attorneys call 8888888 there we go boom um <laughs> you lived in the new york area you probably see saw those oh, all the time all the time uh but it just like the fact that he's out there and even like rfas are normal but you got like being out there but you still have matt barzal ryan strom dubois oh. Sorelli. When is someone going to offer sheet Mikhail Sergachev or Anthony Sorelli? Like, hello. Again, I don't want to be too much of a Toronto slant here, but it this is probably the most stacked RFA RFA class, at least like remaining RFA class in since I can remember. And but like last year, in the salary cap era, trumpeting someone's yeah. going to offer sheet Toronto. Exactly. This, that, That's the other, where I was like, going. But like Sergachev and Sorelli, easily I could see a team in a non-pandemic kind of situation. Easily paying Sorelli six and a half, seven million dollars. Tampa can't afford that. They got to no. pay Sergachev, and so what, you're going to get both of them. What Tampa? Mark my words, is going to get both of those but then, players but, for under okay. eight million dollars. We need to buy. save this it's for a Tampa talk, but it just goes like, how do they fit that? It's it's crazy. So yeah, that's trending down, and it'll be like this is going to happen for a while. Like the end. This is I, I, you know we hate to be downers here, but like you know even if there's there's some way you can get fa- like some sort of capacity in, in buildings next year. That's a huge revenue loss. And there are a lot of these teams. Yeah, the NHL is a gate league. I would say like yeah. 60 to 70% of the revenue is generated by a, by a gate. Yeah. And that's a huge, which is why teams that don't get fans struggle mm. and have to depend on Montreal, Toronto, Rangers, New York, yeah. like Boston. That's why they have to depend on them. So if those teams can't bring them in, that's a huge issue. Like if Columbus isn't getting their, you know, 15,000 fans on a Wednesday or a Tuesday night against San Jose or something, then uh, what are they doing? So this is these, the salary cap, like you said, it's going to be flat. I think for probably five or six years. Really? I was thinking three, but because that's being probably reported. five or six, man, just wow. applying my economics, like mm-hmm. background to it. I think it's probably closer to five or six, which is tough. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's, let's take do a it. deep dive into the pool. So I have on our prep sheet here, I have the Leafs first, but I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm the media person here, I guess. The media. And so in, we, there's this thing in the biz that we call a tease. 
and Rachel's going <laughs> to yell about Steve Simmons later. Don't worry, everyone. About Steve Simmons yes. or Steve Simmons? That guy. That guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think we should save the Leafs to last. All right, you do that. All right. Can we talk about Taylor Hall? Let's do the Buffalo Sabers first. Yes. All right. So the Sabers have they have six million five hundred and forty-five thousand eight hundred and thirty-three dollars in cap space. Their notable departures. Mojo. Or Marcus Johansson, Mojo, Wayne Simmons, who was a, a saber for three seconds, eight games to be specific. Yeah, and he was here for his dog. I'm surprised, which I would, I don't have a dog, but whomst amongst us wouldn't move to Buffalo for their dog. That's a big sacrifice, but still. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I'm surprised they could find a, a, like a picture of him in a sabers jersey to put out there. Uh, That's in, called in the Photoshop. There's no. Yeah, no. He he was actually it was actually a figment of your imagination. Yeah. It didn't exist. Like I had a dream the other day the Leafs signed Chara to a one year two point seven million dollar contract and it was so vivid that I thought it was real. Oh, this is no. Wayne Simmons being a saber. It was one of those dreams. Yes. It didn't actually happen, you just imagined it. Um Matt Hunwick left as well, Michael Froleek, Jimmy Vesey, Johan Larson, Vlad Sabotka, and Dominic Cahoon. So, what do you think of those notable departures, Rachel? Well, uh, I feel like Buffalo definitely got better. Hey, we're saving that to the end. Um, we're saving that. We're saving that to after we go through their team, Rachel. Come on. Damn it. What are you doing? Okay. No, it's okay. Anyways, um, I think that realistically, their big loss it was Johan Larson. I thought Dominic Cahoon easily could have filled a role for them. Like, I'm not really sure why they didn't yeah. really sign him. I, that, that Specifically for mind. a team that very much needs some forward talent. Um. Wayne Simmons was never going to re-sign. Um, Jimmy VC, I felt like, had a down year. Sabotka never seemed like he fit there. So, to me, they didn't really lose a lot. Um, they sure as shit added a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it was weird they let Cahoon walk, essentially. Like, they didn't even give him a, they didn't even qualify him, which is why he's a UFA. Yeah, it's, it's And then weird. he's still out there now. Like I thought Calgary signed him. Maybe? They're okay. Before we get into this, the there, Calgary some, Canucks? there have been some signings. Yes, the Calgary Canucks. There have been some signings that I th- swear were reported. But then I'm going through Cap Friendly, as I do every day, and they're there. Like Corey Schneider. I swear the Islanders signed him. They did. But he's on Cap Friendly as a UFA right now. Oh. Why well, is that? I know that Corey Schneider is an Islander. Okay. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Scoopster over here. Um, yeah, so they're notable additions. <laughs> I guess we'll... Uh, there's a big one. It was a, you know, a relatively veteran player, somewhat a name brand. And it was Eric Stahl, who was, uh, who was acquired by, it was, who was acquired from Minnesota in a weird trade. Yeah, it was weird. That made, this is like, this was an NHL 21 trade. Like this was yes. a, like it's just two name brand players getting traded for each other. Although I think, I think for sure Buffalo won this trade. Eric Agreed. Stahl is still he, 52 or uh, 47 points in 66 games last year. He's still an effective player. And he's going to be their second line center, so he's not going to have to play against top competition like yeah. he did in Minnesota. He's going to be asked to score as opposed to like Minnesota where like all they do is play defense. Um, yeah, like I thought it was a really great ad for them, right? You got someone to play behind Jack Eichel now, so it's not just Jack Eichel and his band of merry men. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're not merry there. That's it, true. They're a band of snowy men. Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly said he lost his love for the game being in there. So I don't didn't sound merry to me. I feel like he probably ends up playing with Jeff Skinner. Sure. Because um, the top line seems pretty sad. Yeah. And speaking of the top line. My guy. My wife. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> uh, Taylor Hall, one year, eight million. He had 52 points in 65 games last year. I don't like this. Why? 
I don't like. I, I like this for for Buffalo. Obviously, Mike is wrong. No, I, I like this. No, no, I like this for Buffalo. Obviously, I want to clarify. Okay, for the team, you anyone don't. going to Buffalo is a good thing. You have to like. It's true. At this point, for Hall, and I know that there. I know you have a differing viewpoint of this, but. Okay, so you're the more analytical view of this. So you you're thinking, okay, down the line, like you know, he'll be able to play against, play with Jack Eichel, you know, juice his points, be able to get paid. But then we we also just discovered, or just discussed, not discovered, that people getting paid is probably not going to be in fashion for a little bit. So I, I, maybe his earning potential on that might be a little, you know, less maybe. I feel like, okay, so there are definitely places that Taylor Hall wants to go mm-hmm. um, that have been rumored. Like what? Like Edmonton. Yeah. Um, that would be great. Edmonton has $20 million coming off the books next year, um, except I do believe I read that they re-signed Chris Russell, which, why? No, no, no that was for expansion. It's for expansion draft. Mm-hmm. He can be exposed. Yes, yeah, Seattle that's is literally the only, But that's literally the only reason they did it. So, okay, Edmonton has, let's call it $20 million coming off the books okay. next year. They're not re-signing some of the players that they have to the same contracts that they currently have. And so I think with Taylor Hall, he kind of recognized that this year, obviously, the pandemic's an issue. He wants to go somewhere where um, he can be an impact player, but he doesn't have to be the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in, in New Jersey, this is not news. He had to be the guy because it, oh, it well, was yeah, not good, have, folks. They didn't have a guy. Right. It was not good. They still don't have a guy. Yeah. Um, you would whereas, hope Jack Hughes is that guy. You would hope. Nope. But he's not. He's not. Nico Heischer is, potentially. Okay. Um, I would say that Taylor Hall is going to get to play with the most talented center he's ever played with. And they mesh well stylistically. So I really think that this is a huge opportunity for Hall, and I think Reinhardt probably plays on the right-hand side. Huge opportunity for him and Eichel to just whip around the ice, completely buzz in, mm-hmm. and let's say the league plays 52 games next year. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if Eichel puts up like 60 points. Or even, well, yeah, he's a point-per-game And if sleep. Hall puts up a point-per-game. Like, I think this is a really good opportunity for both of those players to have massive years, especially in a shortened season. Yeah, and that makes sense. But here's where I think of it: in that, yes, I like the the logic for the logic for him makes sense. And also, Edmonton will have um, projected cap space. So for next year, we'll have twenty eight million dollars in cap space, or rough, what, roughly twenty eight point two six 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 seven four. So twenty eight million dollars if we're going to round down. That's nuts. That's also a lot of money to waste for them. And I don't trust Ken Holland with that, but. We digress. He That's did a, some good things this summer, did. which ideal I, is great. Other than Mike Smith, I've actually been really happy with it. It's also not the summer. <laughs> this is true. I know. It's so... I also could see Taylor Hall going to Nashville. Okay, so here's my thing. You're... And I, I'm taking the media side for this. You're taking the analytical. This is what we're going to do. This is our brand. But it, so Taylor Hall has consistently said how annoyed he is that he hasn't, he hasn't won. He hasn't played in the playoffs. He's played five games, five total games in the playoffs. I was there for that. Exactly. You were there. It was you me. saw it. It was awesome. He was good. Yes. He was he's, so good. He, won, he, he was the MVP, the most valuable player to his team that year. Whether or not you agree with it or not. It, I don't it, care. Yeah. It happened. He won. Yeah. It was just a great narrative considering it was the year after he left Edmonton. Anyway. Um, and if anyone dunking at Edmonton, I'm all for it. But anyway. Um, 
but here's the thing he's he's not getting any younger right he is he's he's up there 27 yeah that's that he's in the middle of his prime so every year moving forward until what like 32 maybe Probably 30, yeah, 32. 31, 32 for him. Yeah, depending on his playing style. Because he's not a hugely physical player. Not even close, but he has yeah. had some injuries. Exactly. Well, yeah, like that's been his, that's the reason why he's not getting paid now is because he's had, like, he is, this is a, like, a show me contract. 100%. Exactly. No, it's a big time show me contract. It's big time. Yes, it's, it's, but you know, I think, 8 million. like, with Buffalo, they get Cody Eakin, um, Toby Reader, they re sign Allmark, like, the only thing that they haven't done that I think would make them infinitely better is getting rid of Rasmus Ristolainen. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, Buffalo's better. Yeah. You can't say they're not. I know. But where I'm going with Hall, though, is that he's wasting a year of his prime. Yeah, but what if they're good in a shortened season? They're Anything not going to be good. Yeah, but look at they're the Leafs in 2013. They were goddamn terrible. They're not going to be good. The Buffalo Sa- This is the Buffalo Sabres we're talking about. I'm sorry, but they're not going to be good. And I, like... Is my, it'll be great. It'll be it'll be Jack. It'll be the Jack Eichel Taylor Hall show, which I will tune into. And yeah, it'll be it'll be great for for entertainment. But they're gonna lose every game like six five. I can't wait. And that's awesome. That's great for entertainment value. I love that. I tune in. I I would tune into that on NBC or whatever. Toronto every night. Buffalo games. Hello. Toronto Buffalo games are gonna be awesome. There's gonna be if there's no fans, there's gonna be exactly as many Buffalo Sabres fans in those games for home games, and there were when the fans were actually allowed. It'll be great, but. That's tough. It's, tell me I'm not, like, show me, pull out Google Maps and direct me to the lie. I want to know. All right. But here's, but my thinking is, yes, it'll be great. He'll probably be able to juice his numbers, but also, but at the same time, it's Buffalo and we've seen a lot of players go there and rot. Other than Jack, Jack Eichel is. Somehow hasn't. It's because he takes 15 showers a day and, and you know, eats apples and eats apples and, and, you know, from left to right. And, you know, it's <laughs> super weird, but like, this is a. I just think there are better places he could have gone. And I know that I know he went to being on the top top power play unit and might not even be on the first line in Colorado, but even like a place like Nashville. Yep. Like that would because they they are at least closer to contention. What's the be, what's been the biggest thing they'd be missing is a scoring forward. Literally any forwards who could put the puck in the net. Yeah, it's Philip Forsberg and, and Matt Duchesne. Not even. And he was terrible last year. So was Ryan Johansson. And so was Kyle Turris, who is now gone. Like it's Yeah, not great. So but he's essentially just wasting a year of his prime. And I don't agree with that. For someone who has who has just bemoaned his lack of success, signing in Buffalo doesn't compute to me. I'm just gonna be excited for when Buffalo potentially makes the playoffs and I get to come on here and be like, Whoa That's true. Do you wanna put do you wanna put like a wager on it right now? That Buffalo won't make the playoffs next year? No, because okay. I want to see what they do. Going into training camp, we will. Okay. okay. Sam Reinhart re-signed one year, $5.2 million, you know, avoids arbitration, 50 points in 69 games. Seems pretty tidy business, like, a yep, bit much for him. They're gonna, he's going to have a big year playing with Hall and Eichel, and then they're going to have to pay him more, and they're going to hand him a Jeff Skinner contract. It's not going to be a good idea. You're, you're, just, you're just proving my point here. Like, Buffalo is... Doing silly things. Yeah, they're... Kevin, like... Kevin Adams, really? Like it's drafting Jack Quinn. Yeah, horrendous. What are you doing? I, I watched the draft. So how with you. do you show up and watch the Ottawa 67s play and say Jack Quinn is the best player on this team when Marco Rossi plays for the Ottawa 67s? 
Like, I don't understand. He wasn't even the best player on his on own his line. team. <laughs> on his line. Did they play together? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, he wasn't even the best player on his own team. Well, to be fair, like, the Hart Trophy was awarded to someone this year who wasn't even the best player on his own line. So, it goes without Yeah, saying. I hate the Hart Trophy. Exactly. Zem- Zemgis, or no, Cody Eakin. Two years, 2.5, 2.25 million per year, 15 points in 49 games. The analytics crowd doesn't like this. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Okay, why don't you why don't you hate it? Ah, he's a fantastic penalty. And that's literally it? Well, no. He his I think it was his first year in Vegas. He was actually really good. He was their second yeah. line. Everyone was really good in Vegas that first year. This is true. But no, he's really good on the penalty kill. Um, he's that responsible. Like he'll play their three C mm-hmm. role and let's not pretend for a single second that Buffalo is any good at defense at all. So I think he helps with that. Um from that perspective, um, I think he probably is closer to 20, 25 points, which, I mean, you're getting a third line center for 2.25 million. Like, that's about the going rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's decent. But the analytics crowd doesn't seem to like him too much. Yeah, but uh, you got to, like, I get that. I don't the know ans- what to believe anymore. Yeah, the Can analytics I just say crowd, that? there's, there's. I, I don't know I what to believe. Issue. Yeah, I take issue with that because um, they quite literally like, well, look at this chart. And it's like, do you watch? Like when I'm evaluating, of course, I use numbers. That's like literally mm. what I was employed to do. Yeah. But I also use my eyeballs. It's supposed to be a, a melding of it. Like it's, it's yeah. like analytics are supposed to be like. It's um, a tool. You're not using only one yeah. and you're not using only the eye test because if you are, that's dumb. Yes. So don't do it. So to say he's categorically bad because my chart says so, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. You got to bring me tangible proof. I view, I view like the, the analytics and uh, eye test argument like a, like a salad. Yes. You need dressing. In that, that like if you only eat raw lettuce with n- like plain lettuce, it's going to suck. And if you only eat salad dressing, you look like a friggin' lunatic. <laughs> oh my God. Ew. And. So the eye test people, if they, they, if you only go with the eye test, it's going to suck. And analytics people, if you only base your decisions off of salad, off, off of the analytics, you're going to look like a friggin' lunatic. So you have it, but you put them together, they complement each other perfectly. You maybe add a little, you, you, you kind of weigh the ratios depending on what kind of lettuce or what kind of greens you're using. It's great. But it, this has been salad talk on the Staff and Grab podcast. Um, Zemgus Gergensen's re-signed for three years at, th- at $2.2 million per, 19.69 games. How is he still there? He's been there forever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they got, like, a couple signings. Like, I, let's let's be real. The last three signings are bottom of the lineup, guys. You got Gergensen's, yeah. Matt Irwin, Brandon Davidson, Toby Reader. We don't need to get into that. I, didn't, I debated even putting them there, but it just right. seemed like there was too little information we've to spent put there. 10 minutes on the sabers well, you, you wanted to do a deep dive on the sabers so we're gonna oh, do that well so at the end of the day before we move on did they get better yes okay i think they did i think it's i think it but could they have gotten worse exactly like you have to look at the context here and it would be really if they if they got worse it would have been apocalyptic over there oh my god that, like, what is his name poor Dwayne. he was already oh, like Dwayne apoplectic about this team and rightfully so they've been horrendous and they treat their fans like crap yes maybe show up and give your fans something to cheer for when they're driving in three feet of snow to come watch this dog pile of a when team play when they're living in buffalo yeah Let's be real okay uh montreal Canadiens. they have three hundred and eighty three thousand six hundred ninety one dollars in cap space that's a mercedes basically yeah that is uh that's it's hilarious a very nice mercedes um 
The notable departures were Max Domi, Carl Alsner, Keith Kincaid, Dale Weiss. Former New Jersey Devil Keith Kincaid. Yeah, the blockade, if you will. The blockade. Um, Emoji King. Yes. Let's and, do additions, though, because I feel yeah. like... Now, we, we, you want to do a little, little, I would say, uh, eulogy on Max Domi leaving? Like, why, like, why did that make... Why did they do that? Um, because I don't I get like it. He, okay, so in the playoffs, which um, anyone basing their team's decisions off of the playoffs alone that's very silly that's well, a very that's small sample size that's what montreal did um they based it but all of their I do decisions think there's some merit to the fact that both nick suzuki and yasperi kotkin Yemi showed that they had taken tangible steps and that they are the future centers of that franchise then you add philip Deneau in there what are you gonna have max don't we play on the fourth line which is where that's he ended true. up playing in the playoffs it's kind of useless montreal identified that they had a need for some tough skill, Tom Wilson, whatever. And yes, important. No, I would not have paid him five and a half million dollars a year for seven years, but okay. So I felt like this was more of a Columbus wants more skill. They want someone to play kind of, I, I could see Domi moving to the wing. Um, but I felt like it was a, a good deal for both teams. Um, I, the deal in a vacuum, I would not have followed it up with that seven year deal. But also adding the third rounder, like I would have thought that some team would have to add like a plus. I thought the plus would have come on Columbus's side. Right. But I think it was, it's the fact that I think Mike Johnson talked about this on the, on TV. Mm -hmm. And he said like those players, like the Tom Wilson, Josh Anderson types are the outliers. Yeah. They're outliers. So to get them, you have to pay more, even though we might not value that player at a certain value because they don't score as much they bring a different element that is valuable and it is more rare. So you're going to have to pay more. And I thought that was a really good point. And I think Ray Ferraro said the same thing. Obviously the two, two of the smartest hockey media men out there. But is Josh Anderson the guy? Like, is he the guy to hit your wagon to with that? Like, I don't think so. Yeah, like Montreal, they really need offense. And Josh Anderson's one goal last year is really going to just fit in there perfectly. Yeah. Like, I know he was injured. Relax. Um... I would say that they're going to end up leaning on uh, for that Brendan Gallagher. I love that they... Don't, don't cry when you're talking about Brendan Gallagher, by the way. I know it's easy to tear up when talking about Brendan Gallagher, as we've seen. So just try and keep the emotions in check. Yeah, exactly, clearly. He just means so much to you. Exactly. Um, signing Brendan Gallagher, like that's a great contract. Great contract. You signed Josh Anderson to $750,000 less... Brendan Gallagher is a top-line player on pretty much every team. Trending up Darren Ferris's ability to get his clients way more money in turn than they ever deserve. Like, it's it's insane. It's actually nuts. But, like, I loved what the Habs did. Um, acquiring, acquiring Josh Anderson, yes. Signing him, no. Jeff Petrie re-signing, yes, fantastic. Great. Brendan Gallagher re-signing, fantastic, because they were going to lose him. Mm-hmm. Um... Jake Allen, it's good for Carey Price, takes the load off. I don't love that it's almost $3 million, though. Well, So here's the thing. It's like, I like the players the Habs brought in. I don't like the money they come with. Well, also, um, why do I not? I have it here. Jo- Tyler Toffoli. Did I miss putting Tyler? You did. I did. I can't believe that. Tyler Toffoli is my favorite signing of free agency. Oh, it's a fantastic signing. I think it just fits so perfectly with, with when it comes to salary, fit, team everything because Montreal has had a tough time signing marquee free agents Tyler Toffoli is in the middle of his prime 
He is exactly what they need. They need an offense. He's a scoring winger. He's going to exactly be nasty beside Nick Suzuki. Yeah. That's probably where he's going to play. He's going to mm. be gross. I think that's great, but... Like, Montreal got better. Oh, absolutely. Their cap like, situation Spoiler alert. But they did. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying is in the... But, so they, they're making moves to win now, and I don't think they're poised to win now. And that's where... That's, but do you have to, though, because of Carey Price's age? Like, you're on his timeline, because after that, you got nothing. You have Jake Allen. Okay, let's not pretend for a single second that Jake Allen is Carey Price. No, I know, but like, well, they clearly think he is. Like, Jake Allen, Carey Price and Jake Allen together are making like $15 million this year. And he hasn't played... I think Jake Allen's more of an expansion draft signing than anything. To sign him to a two-year extension for an expansion draft signing? They would have done a one-year if they did Chris, uh, what they did with Chris Russell uh, in Edmonton. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I... I like the players the Habs brought in. They're definitely better. Joel Edmondson? That was terrible. Yeah, that was not. Wait, lighting a fifth round. I know that it's a fifth rounder, but keep in mind, like, draft picks are probably at the highest premium they should be considering A, it was the deepest draft in recent years, and B, it could potentially produce you a decent team. Didn't the Habs, or didn't Carolina take, like, Zion Nybeck with that pick, too? I think so. Like, Nybeck was rated, elite prospects had him rated in the top 50. Yeah. <laughs> They just, like it was the deepest draft in recent years, and also the cap is going to be flat for potentially the next half decade, and a, you know a, any draft pick can give you a, a decent amount of value, considering they're going to be signed to an ELC. And I just think that lighting that on fire to get Joel Edmondson, and then like why not wait? Like you didn't have to. Why? Yeah, just chill. Even if it was, I don't. They I don't were like, re-signing him. I don't, I don't like the contract. I don't like the term or the dollar. No, it's all of it's terrible. And then the cherry on top is that they willingly gave up an asset just so they could get an exclusive negotiation window with Joel Edmondson? Yeah, like if you're going to get an exclusive negotiation window, maybe trade for Taylor Hall or Tyler Toffoli or Alex Petrangelo. Like if a team gave up a third round pick for an exclusive negotiating window with Alex Petrangelo, I'd have been like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it would have made sense. But instead... You want to... Third pairing defenseman. Yeah. Great Ooh. job, everyone. It, it, that, that's where, like, I do think that Montreal got better for sure. But I don't think that they're set up as well as a lot of people think they are. Totally agree. You know and who didn't get better? Who? The Bruins. Yes. The Boston Bruins had a, oh. they had a rough offseason. Let's put they it that They lost way. their entire, well, not their well, entire. we don't know yet. There. But they lost, as it stands today, two mm-hmm. of their top three defensemen. That's not great. No. At the same time, like, we don't know. Uh, I, I'm of the opinion that I... I think Chara probably comes back, I think Chara right? probably comes back. You know, he didn't sign with the Leafs like it, like he did in my mind, in my dream. Um, but losing Tory Krug, and the way that they treated Tory Krug, too. Not ideal. Not ideal. He's he's pissed. And has every right to be, based on what came out. Yeah. And also, like... They if, just rescinded the contract offer? Okay. If you're... Also, if you're talking about... Like, if you're, if you're talking about timelines and what teams have to follow... And when now, like the Bruins, like their core is pretty old at the moment. 97 years old. Yeah. And they have two years max left. They don't have max. Yeah. They don't like a lot of people are like, well, this might be a step back here for them, but they're going to, they don't, they can't afford a step back here. Cause you're not, everyone's like, oh, they still have Pasternak. But what they don't remember is that you're not on Pasternak's timeline. You're on Patrice Bergeron's timeline. Exactly. And he's like 37. 
Yeah. And also like he's, he's being held together by like masking tape and dryer lint. Like it's like the guy punctured a lung and played through it. <laughs> he's insane. Like people also forget that like Patrice Bergeron, like that's, that's a thing that people point to. He also had, he also missed like an entire calendar year with a concussion, with a concussion at the start of his career. Like this guy has been beat up more than anything. Yeah. And Brad Marchand, I think he's like 34 now. Like, they're not on David Posternock's timeline. Just David Posternock just happens to play with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. But when you think about it, Chera is 42 or 43. He's, He's not 43. even resigned. So, okay, your young players right now are David Posternock, Charlie McAvoy, and I, Matt Grizzlick, who they did mm-hmm. resign. But that draft... Grizzlick didn't is even a great, play last year. This is a great no, Kevin example Miller. of... When you screw up your first round picks as they did in 2015, it bites you in the ass. Imagine if Boston no, had Jake DeBrusque, Thomas Shabbat, and Matt Barzell. We'd be talking about the Bruins as like contenders for the next decade. Or Kyle Connor, Matt Barzell. Literally any of them. And if they had any of them. There's that, there's the most infamous tweet ever by Reese Jessup. We love, like, yeah. Like it's, it's amazing. Um, they, like that could have, they, they would, that would have set them up perfectly for a decade for a dynasty yeah because they would have just gone from bergeron and chera directly into posternock barzell and shabbat and mcavoy yeah Yeah. and mcavoy like you have like those you have pillars of every aspect of your lineup yeah and let's not like david pasternak plays for the love of the game he doesn't play for money so you can pay him you know a pittance and it'll be fine it's with Charlie McAvoy, like and he's a bona fide number one defenseman yes. too. Like they have this. It's just they royally screwed up their draft in one year, and it's going it screwed them. Yeah, because it's it closed their window. Well, it wasn't even just like so. People say that if you like the the saying is if you screw up a first round pick, it can set you back for five years. They had three first rounders, and they uh, may, Jake DeBrusque is is I would say a double on that. Yep. But they struck out on the other two. Yeah, they did not hit a single home run. Whereas if they would have drafted Shabbat and Barzell, we're talking about a grand slam. Or any of them. Like if they Connor. If, if they'd even taken Sinitian and DeBrusque and then Shabbat. Or, you know, like... Yeah, but not taking Matt Barzell because you didn't like how he interviewed. How's that going? Because are we even going to debate that Matt Barzell is very clearly better than Jake DeBrusque? I would, maybe other than Pasternak, I'd say like if you added him onto the Bruins roster, he'd be... He'd be the second best player on their roster right now. Yeah. Like that's in front of like Bergeron and 100% Marshawn and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the Bruins max have two years left. The Bruins will go as Patrice Bergeron goes. Yeah. But they, but, but Rachel, they, they signed Greg McKegg. Of course. The one signing they made that I loved, Craig Smith. Yeah. That's a great signing. I can't believe, especially because he came from Nashville and like that's a John Hines type of player. I can't believe that they let him go. Do they have is the a, money to do that? Like to resign? He's got 3.1 over three years. Yeah, like that's a fantastic contract. I think, yeah, like I think that'll be great for Boston. They need a line that can score um, other than just the top line. And I think he brings that. Matt, Nashville has 12 mil, 12.9 million in cap space right now. Yep. Why did they not? And there's no huge... Well, me thinks that they were planning to sign a bigger free agent and yeah. somehow that got messed up. With the initials TH, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Um, but they, they have, what, Luke, Luke Cunning? Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, we'll, we'll break Nashville down when yeah, we Yeah, but that's pretty thing. much it when it comes to the pending free agents that they have. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's not <sighs> good. 
Yeah. But yeah, Boston uh, did not get better. They got worse. They got for worse. Sure. Like I, I think Boston's hard pressed to make the playoffs this year. Which it, um, like, and we also haven't even spoken about the elephant in the room, which is what's going to happen with Tuka Rask. I, I have no idea. Do you know? Like this is your okay. Area. So what I've heard in just talking to people that have been professional hockey players is when a guy walks out on a team the way that Rask did and he was fully justified in yeah. going home. There is no debate for me on that. But the way that hockey works is when a guy walks out like that, you can say whatever you want in the media, but everyone has told me that the guys just won't trust him anymore. I think that's terrible. I think it's BS. But if that's the case, what the hell is going on with your goaltending? Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They have Halak, and that's it. Uh, yeah, that's, they're a great tandem. They ain't good on their own. Well, they have Callum Booth. Who they re-signed? Who played? Who had a? I believe it was in the ECHL yes, last year. Uh, at 9-11. had a nine eleven save percentage in nine games in the ECHL. Yeah, that's not great. Um, I'd rather have uh, Ema McAdam or a great guy like Aaron Dell. That was. We're gonna get in the Leafs as the last. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So Boston did not get better. What about Tampa? I don't know if we can judge them yet because they haven't signed Sergeyev or Sorelli. They haven't done anything. Like here, like uh, these. These are all we're, we're looking at this from the perspective of most of these teams are kind of done. And Cernak. And Cernak. They have two of the top four defensemen and your second line center. Yikes! Like they don't have. They, they've made three kind of notable signings in the offseason. It was re-signing, and they're all re-signings. Is re-signing Pat Maroon to two years at nine hundred thousand, which. Great. That's I, I love that. Yep. Also, I hate that for Pat Maroon. This guy will, like, you would think trending down is Pat, Pat Maroon's salary. Pat Maroon's ability to leverage his one great year or his, his one awesome playoff run in Edmonton. I would have thought that that guy would have been able to parlay his, turning into big rig over there. Everyone loving him like that. I'm shocked he didn't get to parlay that into like a $3.5 million contract that eventually gets bought out. Yeah. But he's it. But he. If anything, like in terms of legacy, it worked out great for him because he has two cups under his belt with two different teams back to back, and he seems to be happy in in Tampa. But I'd stay there though. You got no. Oh yeah. Like, did you see their 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 um you know the boys are back in town video to we in hindsight we should have known that they were winning the Stanley Cup the second that video was released. Yeah. There was no way they were losing. I was looking at that video and I'm just like, why why now I know why they're able to sign value contracts. Show the show that should be, you know how like every team puts together like, you know, a presentation. A, like a CGI pitch of like, this is what it'll be like when you win the cup and this is your jersey getting raised to the banners. No, the lightning just shown that be like, this can be your life. <laughs> yes. If you take like $5 million less and you get in the open market, look, this can be, this can be it for you. You like that? I right. do. Yeah. I, and I'd be like, yes, sir. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes, Mr. Sign me up for um, yeah. Sign me up for C-Do. But they got to resign their three key RFAs. Yeah. And I'm not sure, like, watch, we're going to say I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it. They're going to get all of them signed for, like, $10 million. But they have $2.895 million in cap space. They tried to put Tyler Johnson on waivers, and no one, like... Nobody wanted him. Nobody took Tyler... That's what boggled my mind, is that money is so tight in the NHL that Tyler Johnson, who, yes, is not worth his contract anymore, but look at all the team. Look at all the teams that are struggling to even hit the cap floor. Ottawa. We're gonna get into Ottawa probably next. Yeah. But like there, there are teams that are struggling to hit the cap. I, we just mentioned Nashville. Detroit. Nashville has twelve million dollars. Ottawa fourteen point three. Detroit eighteen point seven. And no one thought 
like what I thought was going to happen, and this was the 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 ballyhooed kind of uh, theory, was that you know that th- that Iserman and Breezeball, you know, the former former co-workers had a had a thing together that they were going to put them on waivers and detroit obviously is the number one waiver priority because they were the worst team last year was you're just going to claim them and that's essentially like that's how you get them for free you can't trade them you can trade them for future considerations but it doesn't matter yeah you're still trading the cap space exactly. exactly but no one wanted them and so what do you do like you can't do anything so tampa gets an incomplete right now because we still don't know what's happening but what like what i want to ask is what do they do like, cause they, cause you say, oh, watch them get them for, watch them get these three great players for 10 million combined. Great. They have to shed $8 million to get under the cap then. Yeah. I, I don't know. I honestly, I have no idea, but Tampa's obviously not done. Yeah. There are teams that have to hit the floor. But who, like, even if you get rid of Tyler Johnson. You still. You still don't have enough money to sign all these guys. I'm surprised no one has offer sheeted them yet. I don't, I know Sergachev's offer sheet eligible. NHL I know GMs Chernak is. I don't know if Sorelli is offer sheet eligible. He um, is. He is offer sheet eligible. Okay, so yeah, I mean, actually, let me double. Let me double check that. No, he that. is. It's um. They've been talking about him all the time. But yeah, I'm, I'm on cat friendly. Let me let me let me double check that bad boy. Um, but yeah, Tampa gets an incomplete because we still don't know. Yeah, he's offer sheet eligible. Okay, um, but like at the same time, I, like I don't know what they do. I don't know how they. And, like, no team's going to help them. Oh, no, a team is definitely going to help them. Jim Benning will help them. <laughs> yeah, it will be Jim Benning. All right. That's um, Ottawa. Let's get into Ottawa, because this is, this is fascinating. <laughs> My favorite part about the Ottawa Senators is their left side D are fantastic. Their right side D is off the glass and out or icings only. Nothing else. Let's, let's say what no free agent has willingly ever said, and let's get into Ottawa. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. They have $14.3 million in cap space. Their notable departures were Mark Borowiecki, yep, uh, which is trash in my opinion. The fact that they let that guy walk out the door, yeah, should not have happened. Fucking boggles my mind. It's ridiculous. Um, Bobby Ryan, same thing. Another, yeah, another, another. At what? Okay, I know we're getting off topic here. I'm supposed to be the host, but at what point? Like, because I know they're like, oh, it's a money, it's a, it's a money saving thing. At what point does PR equal money? Like, good PR equal that value. If they just made Boro Cop shirts, they would make Mark Borowiecki's salary. You have a guy in Brian 5 or 6 who will put his life on the line for this team. Yeah. Eric Carlson trade, one of the funniest things I've seen. But like he will, like if you, if, if, if you made Boro Cop shirts, that guy would stand in the middle of the busiest highway in Ottawa, which is probably the one leading to the arena that right. takes forever. I think it's like the 412 or something like that. And like prance around every lane with that shirt on to promote it for you. Like it would, it would sell like gangbusters. You could probably pay an entire- It would be their top selling merch. You could pay an you could pay a, a an ELC, one year of an ELC with just the profits on those shirts alone, but instead they let him walk. And also, like he was keep in mind, he was the one who was held at gunpoint to make that video. <laughs> I feel like that should automatically get you like a three year contract. Yeah, and I know it's being said on like every other show, but like that, um, he clearly did that to curry favor with or, with management. And then Eugene's going on his burner account, Jack Maxwell. Yeah. Howdy, howdy. That's Eugene, by the way. Um, and is like, oh, he was asking for too much, and he got two million. Yeah, that's not too much. No, that's, that's they, you're they paying four, Nikita Zaitsev. Let's. They have fourteen million dollars. You're paying Erica Branson. Yikes! Yeah, so, that's not good. 
So yeah, they. You're Craig also Anderson, paying Matt Murray six point two five million. That is way. Yes, too we're gonna much. get into that. Craig Anderson, Ron Hainsey. Is no one gonna take Ron Hainsey? The Canucks. Uh, okay. Maybe Edmonton. <laughs> and Anthony Duclair. What is your What is your temperature on that? I have no idea what's going on with him. Okay, so he's representing himself, which I never think is a good idea. That's why you pay people to do yes. that. Um, bold move. It's bold. It's, it's a bold, bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Exactly. I think Ottawa should have re-signed him. Oh, no, no yeah. 100%. You need talent. He is... Anthony Duclair is so talented. He had one of his best years in Ottawa. Like, he's clearly a fit there. You're bringing in more skill that's going to augment what they already have there. Why wouldn't you re-sign him? You, it's you need, dumb. You need people. And you can't even say, oh, we don't have the cap space. You have 14.3 million. And like, okay, yes, Ottawa has internal cap. Anthony Duclair is not going to cost you $5 million. He'll be like 3.25. Yeah, he'd be the same as Connor Brown. Yeah. With, and Who Connor they Brown re-signed got, for three years and $3.6 million. Now, there were some good moves that they made. We'll get into Matt Murray later. Okay, but, so let's just say their right side of the defense is a tire fire. It's horrible. We do not need to talk about Erica Branson. He has been talked about ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. He's terrible. And Matt Murray, though. Yeah. I thought the trade was really good. I thought, I thought the price they paid for him... Excellent. ...was fantastic. And the contract. And then they turned around, and I also think that... I also think that they botched the draft. Oh, yeah. Like they, they did. Like, they, they, keep, they keep saying, or, or, you know, it keeps being the, the PR slant that... Yeah, this is gonna be. A, this is a draft that's gonna change us for years. So, can I blow your mind? Yeah, absolutely. I was on the Locked On Senators podcast, and they brought something up, and it was to the point where I took my glasses off and my head just fell onto my keyboard because I was stunned. There is a uh, Venn diagram graph floating around the internet, and it it's four circles, and every Sens draft pick fits into this Venn diagram into one of four categories. University of North Dakota, uh, American, uh, friends with current player, and uh, the fourth one is uh, dad played in the NHL. And then there's like varying degrees. Jake Sanderson is all four of them. I was as excited for the Jake Anderson pick as Jake Sanderson (laughs) was for the Jake Sanderson pick. So the thing about Ottawa is did they get good players? Yeah, they did. They didn't take the best players available. Jake Sanderson, not the fifth best player in the draft. Ridley Gregg, probably not in the top 50. So, I mean, okay. Should have taken Maverick Bork or Brendan Brisson. Um, trading up to take Tyler Clevin m- m- might have been specifically with your rival, your mm-hmm. arch rival, who then proceeded to use those two picks to take two players ranked in the top 50. They're also not seem, great. There also seemed to be a pretty like weird course, like change of change of course there, because I was told by a pretty reliable source that they had a one percent chance of keeping that that last pick. Yeah, and, and then they just and like, they didn't. Yeah, so it, it honestly seems like they just kind of went in, and I feel like a couple of teams did this where they got super myopic on a player and was yeah. like, "We are taking this player." Hello, Buffalo. Oh, um, Chinnikov. Mukamadulin. Um, I feel like. They got really myopic and were like, oh, well, other teams like him. Therefore, he must be good. No, 
actually, that's not how it works. No. Um, so I feel like, yeah, they definitely botched the draft. Tyler Clevin, when, when your best attribute is elite toughness, that's probably not great. Because you want to know whose best attribute is elite toughness? Bad players. Eric Goodbranson. Yeah. I don't even know if his toughness is elite anymore. Like, like it just, mean, yeah. what does that even mean? <laughs> now, the Sens will have a great top four in a couple years because they'll have Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom. Jake Sanderson will be a top four defenseman. No doubt about if they, it. But if they don't botch Brandstrom, because it seems like, because they've been, they've been, they were yo-yoing him up and down. And when I covered the Marlies, yeah. I saw, you would see Belleville like 50 times a year. I had Literally. nightmares about it. I'm not even kidding. Like you saw them 12 times a year. It was ridiculous. And Brandstrom didn't look good. And I know this was like, this was two years ago. So keep I still in mind. I think he's going to be a great defenseman. Like, I think so he's going to be a top four defenseman. But, but I hope they, they don't botch him. Like, they, like development, and I don't have to tell you this. Don't, let me mansplain development to you. Yeah, please. No, but. Tell like, me more things the about the thing I am studying. <laughs> but it's so delicate. Like, it, it really can be situational for some players. Speaking of development. Yes. Came out today, and I don't know if it came out on this side of the pond, but it certainly came out in Germany, so maybe it's breaking news. Yeah, okay. Um, Tim Stutzler, his team doesn't want to let him go for this year. They want to keep him for the year because he's already playing. Really? And hasn't signed his NHL contract yet. So there is likely going... If Ottawa wants him for the start of this year, which I, A, think is a terrible idea, I think he needs to be left in Germany to develop mm-hmm. at least a year, if not two, um, because Ottawa's going to stick him at the top of their lineup. He's going to see all the top end mm-hmm. D, and he's, it's going to screw up his development. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 100%. That is what's going to happen. Um, and so it, it Mannheim doesn't want to let him go. And... It's it'll be interesting to see what happens because definitely what's best for his development is not playing in Ottawa this year. Also, why would you bring him over here when he could just develop in Germany, not play in a shortened season, mm-hmm. and you get a key like, hello? That just seems like a smarter thing to do. Um, also, I don't give a shit what the Ottawa Senators Twitter account says. It's Tim Stutzler. And there is no E in the middle of his goddamn name. There's a freaking umlaut, okay? <laughs> and if you're that lazy, I will make a screen recording and I will show you how to use the U with the umlaut because I'm so tired of Swedes and Finns and Germans having to change their name because people don't want to bother to learn how to A, pronounce it, and B, type a goddamn umlaut. It's different in Russian where it's Cyrillic. That's a completely different language. Mm-hmm. The A with two dots on top is literally in your Apple keyboard. Like it's, it's, So they're going to anglify his name the same way that the Canadian government anglified my last name. And they're going to say it's Stutzel. I 100% you will never catch me saying that. But Rachel, you're wrong about your own name. I don't know how to spell my, yeah, buddy on Twitter. Yeah, actually, your name is spelt this way. I'm like, really? There is, for clarification here, someone literally tried to butt actually Rachel about her own name on Twitter. And I think that is peak butt actually right there. (laughs) I I can't believe, I want to have the confidence of someone who can go, who can stone face go to someone and say, you are wrong about your own name. Yeah. That's, I would love to have the, the sense of self to do that. And if media members would also like a, tutorial on how to say his name i'm happy to help you out with that i've said it five times you're available for bookings yeah like it's not difficult and i'm so tired of these young kids having to feel like they have to change their names 
because we don't want to type a damn umlaut. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, why? 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 Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I feel like that's my rant on that. <laughs> um, and if I see a single person correct me that there is an E in the middle of his name, why don't you just go ahead and look at his passport? You're, because you're guess what? There's an umlaut on his passport. Like, this is not up for debate. You're wrong. Yeah. 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 I'm um, a German and you are not. Yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. Matt. So Matt Murray, like I said, to, re- to recap that, he was not good last year. He lost his job last year. To Tristan Jari. To yeah. Tristan Jari, who got a heart vote, by the way. That will forever be etched Just like in... like Lindell got a third place in Norris vote. He's the third best defenseman on his team. That will always be etched in hockey history. There's nothing we can do to change that. But I, I just... He is... I So I wrote about this um, for Yahoo. That's where I work, by the way. Just We, we should have said that off the top of the show. Yeah, but, we definitely should have. Um, but anyway... Um, but I, so I wrote about what the senators could do with this and I had Matt Murray as someone who they should take a chance on because he probably would come a little cheap, but he's won two cups and he's young and he has room for improvement, but that, that came and the goaltending market is saturated. So you would have thought, okay, that would have brought the sort of median price down for all, for all the available names. The trade price was down. The The contract price was not. Yes. Now again, Ottawa, they have a lot of cap space. So we're kind of, we're, we're. We're talking about them overpaying a player when it really doesn't matter what their bottom for their bottom yeah. line right now, but just in a vacuum, like this is a this is a bad contract. Yeah, I feel like there's an Ottawa tax here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there's a tax to play in Arizona. There's a tax to play in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is an Ottawa tax. The one signing they made that I really really liked, Evgeny Dadnov. Oh, uh, that's up. That's Easily r- the best move they made all year. Like all. That's like the best move they made the last like three years. Yeah. Like, seriously. Tell, try and tell me a move off the top of your head that they made that's better than that. I can't. I got nothing. I, I have nothing. Like, they lost the match. Drafting Duchesne Brady Kachuk. There you go. That's it. And even then, like drafting, like, drafting someone in the top five, but drafting someone in the top five that works, like, that's the expectation is that you hit on that. Yeah. Like, no, no one's going to... No one... No one like... Anyone who, who points to Mark Hunter's draft record as, well, he drafted Austin Matthews. Well, great. If he didn't... I could have done that. My mother could have done that. Literally, if you put, if, if you put like a, a, a dog in front of two buttons, one had Austin Matthews on it and the other one had Patrick Laine, there's a 50% chance that the dog would have made the right choice. Like it... Yeah. So, so it, like, don't, don't rest on your laurels with that. Um, so Ottawa... Okay, so Ottawa got better, but they're still bad. They're still... Oh, no, no. The the Leafs should be looking in the rearview mirrors for Ottawa. Okay, well. Because they're coming up fast. Yeah, no, definitely. When they have one player that's the quality of any of the Leafs' top four, we'll have a discussion. They When that... Well, for example, they're paying a guy who... Uh, they just re-signed a guy for three years at $3.6 who was on the Leafs' fourth line in Connor Brown. Yep. So... Go off, Queen. It just... Cool. I also love... Eugene Melnick at that shareholders meeting or whatever, you know, the Leafs, they forgot about defense. And then he went and signed, then he went and signed their, their two worst defensemen. Well, I would say like hindsight 2020, but two of their worst defensemen in Hainsey and Zaitsev, and then hired the coach who ran Toronto's defense as the head coach. Amazing. Did they get better? Yes. Still. Are they good? No. (laughs) Okay. Moving on to Florida. We're, uh, we're going to buzz through Florida here. There's nothing to talk boring. about with Florida. They have $11.5 million in cap space. Their notable departures, at least for now, are Hoffman, Dadnov, Walmark, Pissick, Brian Boyle, who will always be in my heart, and Eric Halla. And 
their biggest notable departure that will help set them on a course for, for success. Like we talked about at the top of the show. And they're going to trade Mackenzie Weger. Dale Town. Yes, they are. And that's, I've never heard Mackenzie Weger's name. I think I've heard Mackenzie Weger's name more in the last like two weeks than I have in my entire life combined up to that point. It's ridiculous. But they also, they let Dale Talon go, which is great. Thank God. Although didn't, who do they hire? Bill Zito. No, it was uh, Paul Fenton. They hired Paul Fenton as part of that. So that yeah, they kinda... also let go all of the computer boys. No, but now they're now they're pivoting to analytics again. Yeah, I have some thoughts on that hiring. So what are your thoughts on that hiring? Um, they hired the guy who runs Sport Logic, and Sport Logic has a contract with thirty-one of thirty-one NHL teams, and he works like when I worked in New Jersey, I was emailing this dude every day. So he knows what every single NHL team thinks is valuable and isn't valuable, and that is a thousand percent a conflict of interest and it's okay if you want to hire him but there should be a season where he's not involved with either so it's a cooling off period because to just hire someone like that that has trade secrets of other teams like teams are pissed but if you can get away with that then you do it a hundred percent but there's definitely teams that are going to the nhl about this being like but what did, no but what do teams not like the team teams went to the nhl because they were pissed the leafs let their held their uh, uh, facilities open. Yeah, but that's not a real thing. But this is like a trade secret. No, it is. Like this I is know training. emails that I have sent to him about yeah. things in New Jersey that other teams were doing the same. And so to be taking that and using that, a hundred percent, teams have every right to be pissed off about that. And so I don't know. Florida didn't really do anything on ice of note. I mean, sure, they signed Alex Wenberg and Radko Gudis. And Carter Verhage and Vinny Henestrosia. Boring. Like, they're fine. Those are fine. Yeah, like, I don't really think we need to talk about Florida. No, but that's also, like, hiring the guy from Sport Logic. that is NHL insider trading, in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, that is, that's illegal. That should be illegal, but it's not. Detroit. Um, Quickly. Yeah, I mean, Detroit, they're still bad, but they got better, in my opinion. Like, they have a... Mark Stahl, awful. Yes. I like the Sam Gagne signing. But they got a second rounder out of it. This is true. They got a free second rounder just so they can take Mark Stahl. They're going to be bad anyway. It works. I like like Sam Gagne. I like Bobby Ryan. Love the Troy Stetcher deal. Uh, Like the Nemestikov deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Thomas Grice is great. I love Troy Stetcher. I love that yeah, deal. Yeah, Vancouver letting him go for that amount of money. I can't what? wait until we cover Vancouver because we're get that. We're just gonna be cover being, Vancouver and Calgary at the same time. I think we should just cover Vancouver in a whole episode. Like they, <laughs> that's what they deserve. I love the I love Troy Stetcher. I love the Thomas Grice signing in that they're not supposed to be good now, but they at least get a goaltender who's probably going to decline and eats up a bunch of their cap. Like it's they're these are not moves to win. Eiserman doing smart things never happened. Before. Has never once happened ever. Uh, f- there's not a team that definitely just raised a 35 pound mug because of him i also like i want to take a second to say that i love sam gagne as a person i covered him when he was when he he played for the marlies for for a season and look it takes a lot of it takes a special kind of person to accept that kind of demotion in your professional life and with with the grace and class that he did like, I was really yeah, he's impressed. He's a genuinely good person. Yeah. He'll be fantastic for their young players. Exactly. I was, I, this is mainly, like, this is almost like when the Leafs signed, um, oh, what is his name? Rich Clune. No. Well, yes. But also, who was the, the enforcer? He one-punched Mike Scott, or Mike Scott, um, John Scott. And it was, he was from the, the Islanders, and in his contract, he had a, a clause where every time a Marley got called up to the Leafs, he got a bonus. Oh. Can't, 
Yeah. Have you not heard about that? No. That was, I can't remember. It, it's some, some player, enforcer, whatever, but he's a good guy in the room and the, the Marley signed him and he had a clause in his contract that every call up, he got a bonus because he was supposed to be the mentor for the young kids. Okay. So he um, didn't work on Justin, Justin something, I think. No, and he wasn't there when Bracco was there. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about, I think we're going to cover Bracco a bit when we get to lease, which is our big final thing. Um, but yeah, I think, look, Detroit is, is setting up. To be good in a few years. Exactly. They had a great draft. Fantastic draft. Yeah. They killed it on the draft. They, they made some, like, some under-the-radar signings that, like Bobby Ryan for one year, one mil. He's Vlad Nemestikov. Nemestikov. Like I said, Thomas Grice. Troy Stetcher is a home run, I think. I love that signing for the, for the yeah. term and for the... And they got Tyler Bertuzzi, right? One year, three and a half million. minutes before we started recording. It, it, it just, it all makes sense for them. Yeah. So good. They're not, like, don't look for them. And they also got rid of Jimmy Howard, Trevor Daly retired, and they finally were able to get rid of Jonathan Erickson. Good on them. Are we, are we ready for the Leafs? All right. So, Mikey, give me your fan perspective. Of... I'm not a fan. I'm a media member. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a serious media member. Yeah, extremely. Give me your analysis of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then I will yell and scream about Steve Simmons. This, uh, this, this was, I, I want to pull up the, the Chris Johnson tweet, which I probably should have done before the show, but let me find it. Because the, 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 the gymnastics that Kyle Dubas has had to go through. Oh, Ka- he is a professional cap gymnast. I, I, professional. Well, he, he's, well, got a, he's got Pridham. Yeah, he's got a pretty good spotter in Brandon Pridham. Brandon Pridham like, is probably the cap gymnast here. But, okay, let Much me Much like it. Steve Pellegrini in New York. It's, it's remarkable what they were able, what the, what the Leafs were able to do. What they I'm, lost. I'm just vamping made. right now to try and find this freaking okay, so notable Chris Johnson tweet. Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen, Cody Cece, sorry Cole, uh, and Tyson Berry. Um, for those of you who don't know, I actually coach Cody Cece's younger brother. Um, so I can say that that family is a bunch of fantastic human beings and Cody Cece is probably not going to be in the same role that he was in Toronto in Pittsburgh, although mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, so who knows, uh, you never although, know, so, but given the opportunity to play with Sidney Crosby, I would do that. Um, Kasperi Kapanen also in Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, that- Andreas Johnson, New Jersey. It, yes. Um, I don't know anything about Joey Anderson though. Did you know? No, you don't know anything. No. You're actually wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Some, some guy with like 14 followers on Twitter. That's an amateur photographer. Yeah. yeah. No, he, but he covers them though. Yeah. So he knows. Definitely has spoken to both Ray Shiro and John Hines. Yeah. Even though Ray does not actually, he never went to Binghamton. He's, so I would really like to know how you manage that. He's also definitely like worked with them in the same capacity. Like it, for 100%. Sure. He um, texts John all the time. We'll get into Joey Anderson in a sec, but this is the Chris Johnson tweet where it's essentially the least recap cap reallocation. They signed Mikheyev, Simmons, VC, Thornton, Spezza, and Boyd for $450,000 less than they owed Janssen, Kapanen combined. That, <laughs> that, that is incredible. the fact. The that's fact, facts. No, that's a fact. And also the fact that that is not, I don't know, on a, on a billboard in Young and Dundas Square being celebrated every single day. You know where it is on a billboard, though? In Port Perry, yeah. where someone's Uncle Ron is Doug. thrilled. Ron, Doug, Ken, all of them. Keith. Keith. Yeah. All of the them. The least attractive male name, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're 
thrilled. And to be honest, shout out to all the Keiths out there. <laughs> I'm actually also quite impressed with that because Andreas Johnson and Kasperi Kapitan were not going to be what the Leafs needed. These players, Jimmy VC, Ilya Mikheyev, uh, Wayne Simmons, like he said, he will punch your head off. There's a lot of, I'm not even done the tweet, by the way, but there are a lot of question marks, which I think is, is pe- giving people hesitation. Like, I, you know, we don't know what Simmons is going to be. It's a, lot, it's a lot of, well, if this happens, if, then if it's it, great. If it's in butts or candy and nuts. Exactly. Yeah. If, like, I think that Simmons and Thornton are great signings, A, because they give you what you need. And also, it's Joe Thornton. Like, come on. First of all, you know what For Joe Lehman? Thornton will do that Kasperi Kapanen will not do? He'll grab you by the neck if you don't back check properly. You know what Joe Thornton will do that Kasper Kapanen won't do? Take he won't, dumbass shots. He won't oversleep a noon practice. And he won't travel to New York on an off day to see his fake girlfriend. How, how do you oversleep a noon practice? Do you know how hard that is? That is, no, that's difficult to do. I have been, even when I was the most hungover I've ever been. Like in Vegas, I didn't sleep until noon. The most hungover I've ever been is when I was working for Cushman and Wakefield two years ago. Yeah. And we had our final end of year, like office party. And it was, you know, expense by the company, everything. And I woke up the next morning. And I thought, this is not just a hangover, like I'm having a stroke. Like, this is, <laughs> having a stroke. Like this is something, and I can say that because my mom had a stroke. So let's be real here. But, I, and, and I still was able to get into work by nine. I wasn't. I, I, a I, functioning I, member of society. I, I wasn't necessarily well, functioning, but I was there. You were present. And I was able to clock in. The fact, so it's, it's so, also they signed Brody Bogosian and Lettinen, who, look. Yo, Miko Lettinen? Yo. Hundo Get ready P. for Miko Lettinen. Like, I'm not saying he's a top two defenseman about to win the Norris. Hundo P is playing. No, that, that's, that shouldn't even be up for discussion. He's the best defenseman in the KHL. By a lot. He's really good. They called him, like, when I was doing research for it, <laughs> when they at least signed him, there's a highlight pack in Finland, and it's titled, like, in the translation is, like, Finnish Bobby Orr. <laughs> okay, he's not Bobby Orr. I know, but... but like, he's easily That's what the, the legend least in says. the least top. This is not Eeyore Ojeganov. No. Like, it's not the same, guys. It's, it's really not the same. The Leafs changed who they were. And before... Hmm. Okay. Don't get into Simmons yet, because I'm not even... I'm, I'm not done. The Leafs have added elements that they were missing. In the same way that Tampa did... Tampa had a ton of skill, but they realized they needed a line that was going to get shit done. And what did they do? They went out and they paid a lot for Blake Coleman. Fantastic. I love Blake Coleman. Barkley Goudreau, and they had Yanni Gord. And what mm. did that line do? They, they got, won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they got things done. Now, obviously, you still need Nikita Kucherov to be Nikita Kucherov in the same way that Mitch Marner can't be a ghost mm-hmm. in the playoffs again, right? You can't have that. So if your best players aren't your best players... You're not going to win. I'm sorry. That's it. That's but you need sports. different elements. And in the playoffs, the Leafs have been lacking that. And I think that bringing in guys like Simmons and Bogosian and Thornton, who like will all grab dudes by the neck mm-hmm. and be like, listen, this is how we're doing things now. This is how you conduct yourself. This is what we do in the playoffs. This is how you win. Like, that is going to have an impact yeah. on... 
And and you're going to tell me that you are in a hurry to go to the front of the net when Zach Bogosian's there? Because I wouldn't be. At the end of the day, like, I would say, first of all, I would say, like, people are, Kapanen, in my opinion, is the most overrated player this market, I think, has ever seen. Because, and I know that might be a hot take, but. No, he was most certainly overrated. And Ian Tulloch said on this very podcast, Mm -hmm. stop shooting from the top of the circles, you blithering idiot. No, the. Kasper Kapanen might be might have been the most infuriating player I've ever seen because like legitimately if he I know this have is you a, a seen Aki Berg yeah I, <laughs> my brain has erased that from its ah, memory okay and the fact that you just brought it up is a little I'm getting a little emotional right now Mike is giving me death stare it's right called, now it's called PTSD Rachel sorry um <laughs> Uh, Aki, we, we knew we had to get an Aki Burger every 100% But if I had to watch Casper Kapanen streak down the wing Stop and curl back one more time I think I, I think I would have launched myself off my balcony Like it's For absurd. reference, Mike lives on a 35th yeah, floor It's ridiculous So, yeah um, and He's I'm not just even, infuriating He is And I would say So he, he's the most He is a brand name And that's it He's like get, he's like going out and paying that extra two dollars more for Tostitos when you could just get the PC brand tortilla chips and they they're they work the same and they're they're two dollars less. Like they like Casper Capitalist Tostitos and all of these guys are the PC brand tortilla chips that will get the job done and they cost less. And the thing that we should point out here is like contracts like Travis Boyd, Jimmy VC, they're Aaron all variable. You can bury them. Aaron Travis Dermott. Well, you can't bury him because he needs waivers. But Travis Dermott oh, true, signing yeah. for $800,000, that, if that doesn't scream, I was born I in Newmarket yeah. and grew up a Leafs fan and I just want to play for my team, I don't know what does. Like, I'm not, they signed Brody Bogosian and Lettinen for $300,000 less than they paid CeCe and Barry last season. Sounds like good asset management to me. And but what gave, about the leadership? Mike? And then they gave Dermott a $10,000 raise. Oh, was, was Tyson Barry... Uh, uh, you know, a ballyhooed leader. Uh, apparently, <laughs> News to me, no, he's a great teammate, but is he a leader? No, like the Leafs. If anyone says they didn't get better, you're like you're wrong. They did. They added. They they addressed every need that they needed. Every every roster need. And they made. And I like even people are pointing to like Bago. First of all, they don't have a bad contract on the roster right now. Yeah, it's great. Like you would point to Alex Kerfoot at 3.5 million. And if that's your worst contract, then you're in a good spot. Arguably the worst contract is Mitch Marner. Actually, not arguably. That is the worst contract yeah, in my opinion. Like, and he's going to put up 90 points probably in the next 82 games. In season. his sleep. In his sleep. Like Mitch Marner. And like it's even, still not a good contract. Mitch Marner was not good last year nope. based on his, his... And he was horrendous in the playoffs. Yes, but Mitch Marner was not good last year based on his sort of his standard and he still was on like a 90 point pace yeah but so, i expect more if you're being paid over 10 million dollars oh yeah if you're getting paid 10.893 million dollars yeah. you better you better hit 100 points like or 50 goals yes and mitch marner's not hitting 50 goals so you better you better crack triple digits baby um the, the leafs are they're 100 better the cap finagling like they they left themselves with options a lot of these guys can get buried they will get buried they signed the their biggest problem out like defense aside and even defense included their biggest problem last year was their goaltending depth and now they have it they have two i would say top 10 backups yeah jack campbell is i would well, say Well, Dell had a down year last year but but he, he has shown he can play 907 yeah on a terrible oh god they did on, not know what defense was on a terrible san jose team and he's even in a comfortable spot now because him and joe thornton are reunited not to say they were best buds but like at least there's some continuity there yeah like it, I, I really i like everything they did i can't 
I'm I'm in awe of the way that they were able to maneuver around these. And financial... I'm happy they didn't sign Petrangelo. I am too. I'm glad that uh, you know. I think my, it would have been an overpay. My former co-host uh, uh, Justin Cuthbert um, was was a huge. He he's was not a huge fan of of the Leafs offseason because they kind of they 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 conceded and they didn't enter the Petrangelo stand or sweepstakes definitively. But I'd much, like TJ Brody fits exactly what they need, and he's five million. He's in the middle of his prime. He can play in all the situations you need to, and you're able to actually ha- add depth below him. Because if they were to sign Petrangelo for there what they signed him that. for, yeah, if he gets injured, you're fucked. Like you're screwed. Yeah, if you. That was the thing. Like Petran, you're, people say, "Oh, the Leafs are, the Leafs are way too top heavy," and then the same people who say the Leafs are way too top heavy were like, "We, the Leafs should have gutted their entire depth, organizational depth, to sign Petrangelo to get even more top heavy." It honestly makes half the things I read from credentialed media members, not named like Elliot James, Friedman, James Chris Myrtle. Johnson, James Myrtle, and Dom Luschichin. And I'm not talking about, like, people on TV. Like, we're going to leave Ray, Mike, Jeff Merrick, like, all those people Justin Bourne. out. Yeah, we're going to leave those people out. I'm talking mm. about written pieces. Yeah. Half the stuff that I read, I look at this and I'm like, did, did you, like, what are you talking about? This makes no sense. It, 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 I wonder if people even pay attention. Like, the pe- like sometimes it... it I Clearly won- not if we have Tristan Jari getting a And S. L. Lindell. But I but but I mean like in terms of even the market that they play in, like I wonder if people how can you look at this? And say it's bad. Well well I'm blocked, so I don't even know. Steve Simmons. So um if you're new to this podcast, we're just gonna make you aware of something. Well, I'm new to this podcast, so make me um, aware of it. I am literally studying hockey operations inefficiencies for my mm-hmm. masters. Specifically, like, drafting, development, team building type Mm -hmm. situation. So... Not vital information. I am literally doing academic research Mm -hmm. on this. So I have read more than you would ever care to know. But I have a daily column. Yes, you do. Um, That trumps you. Yes. It does. Um, The tweet that was questioning John Tavares' leadership. I can't see it. I am blocked. So basically, what does Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons and Zach Bogosian signing say about the fragility of John Tavares' leadership? Um, Okay. It doesn't. Because academic research of professional franchises who have won championships dictate that... The teams who win the most championships and see the most success are the teams that have informal leaders. What are informal leaders? Dudes who don't wear letters. So the teams who have the most success have a ton of leaders. Look at the Montreal Canadiens in their dynasty. All they talk about is how 12 dudes could have been the captain on any given night. So signing Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons, if they can contribute on the ice, here's the thing. You don't just sign leadership like you're not going to bring out a corpse of some dude that can't contribute at all. That makes no sense. But if you can sign someone that can bring tangible value to your team, especially at this low of a contract and brings that leadership element, yes, do it. Rachel, what does me buying two extra pairs of pants say about my favorite pair of pants? <laughs> it says that um you won't have to lean on your favorite pair of pants as much to carry the load and that maybe it might 
benefit your favorite pair of pants. To have extra pairs of pants. Right. It might benefit me in general to just have more than one pair of pants that can serve that purpose so I don't A, wear out the, that pair of pants, and B, I look, I'm able to present myself in a way and get stuff done because what happens if I get a tear in that pair of pants? Yeah, and then you... I don't have any pants. What happened? Yeah, what happens? Then you lose that presence of the pants and you can't go outside without pants. That really limits my options in terms of, of bettering myself is that I'm kind of trapped in here because look, I could go out there without pants, but it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> found upon. It's not going to be pretty. So it's... It, it just... Like imagine... Okay, so you're John Tavares or you're Austin Matthews. Do know what depth is? Like, do they understand the concept of depth? It just bought- But just think about the simplest thing, Mikey. Think about the simplest thing. Having very Joe Thornton- I'm very good at thinking about simple Simmons things. Means that John Tavares and whomever don't have to talk to the media twice a day, every single goddamn day. Because you're only going to request how many? Three or four guys every given day. And you're going to want to talk to these guys, which naturally lightens the quote unquote leadership load on the guys wearing letters. You need guys in the dressing room that have that experience. And I don't give a shit how good of a player Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner is. You don't have the experience that Wayne Simmons and Zach Bogosian and Joe Thornton do that can, it's a different element that the Leafs needed. If you're a colonist, you should be over the moon that that the Leafs signed specifically Thornton and Simmons because Matthews, Marner, Nylander, they're not giving, in Tavares as well, they're not giving you juicy quotes. If you want to help your column, like I'm yeah, looking the guy at this that from, said he was going to punch your head clean off. Or, or the guy who said if you score, if you score four goals, he's going to stand in the corner and jerk off. Like that <laughs> incredible. is, like he, who said, I'm going to have my cock out. Like it, it, that, that's exactly what it should how are you not doing backflips as a like as a, as a content as a writer i'm looking at that and i'm going oh my god this is amazing this is christmas for me there no post game presser will ever be dull i will always have a money quote how about those same people that we just spoke about saying the leafs need leadership the leafs are lacking leadership the leafs this that with leadership and they're not tough enough okay they go out and they get leadership and toughness and now it's like well but it's not like indictment. that though but not like that yeah like who did you want them to get who who did you want them to get? Like I know I know that I know for a fact that Zach Bogosian was ready to sign with the Leafs. I know this was reported on Thirty One Thoughts, but I knew and I had to I had to step back from this because it was like literally I was right about to to report it. He had an offer for league men from the Leafs, yeah. and then the Leafs canceled that meeting. And also Tampa then offered a prorated more money. But like Zach Bogosian wants to play here. I love that contract. I love that signing. I think he fits exactly what they need. And worst case scenario, he's one year, $1 million. That's the thing. Like everyone's saying, well, Joe Thor, Leafs are trying to win the 2008 Stanley cup. (laughs) Okay. They're trying to win a Stanley cup. Yeah. Well, also remember what the Leafs were like in 2008. Cause I do. Oh, I do. It was the year they drafted Luke Shen, who was when Luca Caputi was the next big thing. Like it was. Yeah. And now he's coaching in Kingston. Yeah. So which is not an indictment of Luke. Good for him. But, oh, he's a great guy. But he's not, you know, the, he, was, he was the next big not thing. Not William Nylander. I, I, I lived through Justin Pogge, okay? I saw it. Like, it's, it's rough. I lived through Martin Gerber. I saw it. It's rough, okay? Um, but this, and they gave Dermot a $10,000 raise. Like, it, it, like, if you're getting hung up on that, man, that's like, my car is worth more than that. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you upset at? That's honestly, to me, saying the Leafs need leadership and they need toughness, that was correct. Now that they got it, if you're complaining at this point to me, 
you're finding things to complain about. No, yeah. You're like, finding things to complain about, and I don't have time for it. Well, it's revealing the narrative. Like, it's, yeah. it's, reveal, it's revealing... You don't like Kyle Dubas, just admit it, yeah. and let's move on. Or your entire... Like, it's revealing the, the I would say... Not shame. Like it, it's it's pulling up the curtain on your brand because before you could kind of hide. Like the Leafs were doing bad things. They were they, the bad was mixed in with the good. So you so if you were if you staked your you know if you staked your claim you staked your reputation as a contrarian that was your brand. Then which, you could, which yeah. is half this freaking market. But you could like you could be able you could do that and get away with it. I can't wait. The Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup, and the first article the next no, day is going to be like the parade route is too short. No, it'll it'll be or they won't, some they won't be able to do it next year. Adam Wilde says this all the time on the SCP. Like the set, like Steve Simmons column the day after the Leafs win the Stanley Cup will be this is why they this is either why they didn't do it properly or why they won't be able to do it next year. Yeah, you like who cares? Not a single contract that they, that they signed this year was bad. Was was even like debatable. Because, no. because Brody is exact is going to be paid exactly his value. Yep. Bogosian is potentially going to be paid less than his value. Less than his value. Like Dom Dom's model, Dom Lecision's model had it had him exactly at one million dollars. Great. So you're not overpaying. And Jimmy VC probably going to play over his value. And if not, he's variable. Jo- Joe Thornton, he might not play over his value. He might. He might not play I over think his he value. Will. But in the dressing room. He's easily going to outdo that oh, a, a million percent. I've never been so sure of something in my entire life. Oh, yeah. No, the Leafs swapped out the t- probably the two. I don't want to say like least committed. I don't want to I don't want to put that on there. But right. like Janssen and Kapanen. They were, I feel like that's fair to say about Kapanen. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, done, I'm, done, I'm, I'm done with Kapanen. Janssen, I think he's a really great person, but I do think that, they, you know, like he, you know, like to enjoy himself. It'll go well in New Jersey. It'll go well in New Jersey. Yes. Um, he'll play with Nico Heischer, which is where he should play. Well, they'll play him with Jackie. He'll score but 20 he goals. He'll, he'll, he'll average around 20 goals. Great. But they like Simmons and Thornton. And also when you look at like, I really like the fact that they have mixed in veterans that, cause you talk about, you need veteran presence, but that's just such a sweeping term. I like how they've mixed veterans in veterans that are, that have clout. I like, I, but I like how they mixed in veterans that have all that have won. You know, Jake Muzzin's won. He knows what it takes. Zach Bogosian's won. He knows what it takes. But I also like veterans. I like they have veterans who are at the end of the ropes who haven't won, because so like for example, I got a terrible concussion in my last year of playing minor hockey. I was double A or whatever. Yeah. And we were like the team. I was on the Lee Side Flames. We were a really like we were supposed to be really good, and I got a concussion. And I missed like thirty games that year, and I came back. And I was also, it was also due to the suspension as well, but you know, Mike is a goon. No, I wasn't. Let it, let it be known. uh, Yeah. I almost, (laughs) I knocked a kid unconscious. Anyway, um, we're not going to get into that. I'm sorry about that, Donnie Houston. Anyway, um, we, but so I was at practice, I was at a practice, like a, you know, February practice or something, maybe like a week into me coming back. And there was a kid who was dicking around in practice. And I, and I lost my shit at him because I went, I didn't just rehab for like three months from a concussion to get back here in what is probably my last chance to achieve success in hockey for you to be fucking around in practice. And that's exactly what a guy like Thornton, Spezza and Simmons as well is going to do. Yeah. Like Jason Spezza was fighting in the playoffs. But also like, we don't know, like I know Thornton says he wants to play until he's like 45 or whatever. And, but we don't know if, if, if Spezza is going to play beyond this year. We don't know if Thornton's going to play beyond this year. And Simmons has, you know, he's 32. He's not 
ancient, but he also has a lot of miles on his body. We don't know how many years he's got left. There's a desperation in there that I think is really beneficial to the Leafs locker room because if anyone wants to take a day off, those guys are going to go, I didn't wait 23 years in this fucking league for you to dick around and possibly and possibly Screw it up. cost me my chance at a Stanley Cup. Cost me my chance at cementing my legacy. Like, yeah, it's not going to be acceptable anymore. Yeah, like, there's good. There's bodies in that dressing room that will call that out. Like, I will not be surprised if there are loud voices and potentially punches thrown at Leaf practice this year. Good. And uh, yeah, good. I remember it happened in New Jersey practice once, and I was like, "Damn!" Well, it God. happened. It happened in St. Louis, and they went to go win the cup. It's exactly. happened in, in in Chicago. Like it's, but this is going to be like if any, if a young player or some t- if some person dicks around, you have players who can't afford to dick around anymore, and they will show them. Uh, yeah, so the Leafs the Leafs got better. I think we can we can definitively say that. And that is the Atlantic Division. Rachel, it's time for the Kovalev shift. Kovalev was a great shot. Yes. All you right. already ranted about Steve Simmons. I already ranted about Steve Simmons. So what um, is what is your what is the rant that you can uh, uh, end us off on? Okay, so Mike and I, yeah, are both using dating apps. Yes. And I have some interesting. We're gonna. I'm gonna read some things that people have said to me yeah. on dating apps, and Mikey is going to tell me. Um, so you sent me what he thinks. So I went to bed early one night. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm single. So I, I'm on dating apps, and they they're working pretty well. They're great. Shout out to Hinge. Hinge is a great dating app. It works very well. But I went to bed early one night, and I woke up to about twelve texts from Rachel. They were all screenshots of stuff that she has encountered, and it was. In, in, in a 48-hour yeah. span. It was... What? Yeah, this okay. is like 48 hours. This this was potentially the most sensory overload I've ever had in my life because I was like, I don't... There's so much... There's so much douche here. I don't even know how to <laughs> quantify this. So okay, go so for it. We're gonna... I'm just gonna say, if, if you have children listening to this, make it stop. Um, <laughs> make it stop. Okay. This was someone's opening line. Okay. I'm thinking of robbing a bank... Fleeing down to the oceanfront, driving off a cliff, and faking my own death. Are you in? Look, I, I respect that. How are that. you going to drive off a cliff and fake your own death? You will die. I respect, <laughs> I respect that, okay? It's not offensive. It's not gross. That's not offensive. Come on. Okay, robbing a bank. Okay, yeah, it's not offensive or gross. I would have said, I'm, you know, uh, I'm going rob, to rob a bank to steal your heart or something like that. Like, that would have, you know, you can make, be fun with that, but... Like, at least it wasn't like it could get gross. At least that at least that's that's like the Dwight thing in the officers, like the perfect crime. This is like, you know, we need it. Yeah, that's at least I I applaud the creativity. Okay, next one. And this is explicit. Oh, God. My love language is that's the prompt. Oh, no. Oh, no. Going down on you. Followed by a picture that says dating me will look like and it is dinosaur chicken nuggets. Okay, well, dinosaur chicken nuggets. Is no, fine. if I'm having chicken nuggets, they're from McDonald's. Oh well, yeah, okay. But, but he um, know that the about love you. language—that's what you opened so, with. So, but that's not what he said to you. No, but that, you put that out there. That's nuts. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, men, maybe don't do that. Hit me with all these, and I'll give you my guy perspective. Okay, I'm looking for 
a spontaneous adventure, hippie, edgy, or confident. I'm in an open marriage, and my oh. wife wants me to find a girlfriend to do outside activities with and possibly join us. Now, okay. Okay. That's the wife being like, I don't, I don't want to go hiking with you. Can you go find someone who will go hiking with you? You can, you can say it's an open marriage if you want. That's someone who's, that's literally a wife being like, I don't want to go on runs. Find someone else to go on runs with you. Yeah. <laughs> But like, also, there's been a lot. I've, I've encountered a lot of like, I'm in an open open relationship, and we want like a third or something. Like oh, it's, I have not. It's weird. Anyway, continue. Um, yeah, like there's. Hit, hit me with two more crazy ones. Um, someone's opening line to me is, "I can't wait to have children with you." That is. That's bold. Weird. That's bold. You think? Um. Like, wouldn't be the avenue I go down. I can see. Look, you have to be, you have to be hot to send that. Yes. You can't. Like, you cannot be. You cannot be anything other than like a nine and up. And I was just say, to this. say that. I have had. <laughs> I'm not hot enough to send that. <laughs> as I'm sure you have too. I've had multiple men slide into my DMs. I have. Right. I have just don't get any ideas because I have answered precisely one of them. Mm-hmm. And that has gone somewhere. And it was because I already was aware of this person's existence. It wasn't some rando. Um, I got offered to be a sugar baby last week. What? Like it's. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Do tell. Well, no, I, I just, I got him. I got him. And, and I had to check to make sure this was a real account. It was, it's been up since 2011. It was literally someone that was like, Hey, like I will pay you $200 a week. That's okay. To like talk to me and like, yeah, it's, and I did not take it. I, I would still say the best one I got that I loved was, um, it was basically, it was about Damon Severson, actually. Oh, because that, that's always my opening line. Ask them what, what they think of Damon Severson. Yeah, it was like, I know Damon Severson is number one in your heart, but what is it going to take for me to be number two? And I kind of wanted to respond with, if you knew anything about me, you would know that Damon isn't my favorite hockey player. Who's no. my favorite hockey player? <laughs> I know who your favorite hockey player is. Exactly. Not playing anymore. But no, he ain't yeah. playing anymore. It's 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 weird out there, man. It's yeah, like listen, dating apps, like people talk, especially now in quarantine, where you can't just go to the bar and meet no. people, which is like I'll admit that's what I would prefer to do. Right? Um But man, like some of the opening lines are so aggressive. Look, man, girls are like <laughs> they're they're going for it too i've gotten a lot of weird stuff really oh yeah do tell well i don't have any off the top like there's a lot of like there there are a lot of like like vulgar or yeah and oh. a lot of just like kids like you know like i want to have kids with you that kind of stuff yeah, don't open with it's that weird. but look it's it's a it's an interesting world out there yeah it's don't a lot open of, with that guys it's a lot of fun please don't do it and please for the love of god i'm begging you do not send explicit pictures oh, right no. off the bat. The Don't fact, do it. The fact that that that's tin, allowed that Tinder is allows for pictures to be sent like that should be illegal. It's insane. I don't understand how that is allowed. 
I don't know. Like, I feel like that should be an instant no. Yeah, like as a software engineer, how do you be like on a dating app? We're going to allow pics. Why are we going to allow pics? Like guy, you can't trust a guy not to send out that. Like it's, yeah, it, it's, um, I might dig through the archives and find some crazy ones for next week. But yeah, like it, it, <laughs> yeah. men are broken, man. Like, this is. <laughs> I feel like quarantine has broken a lot of people. Yeah, it's, look, it's weird I've been in both a long term relationship and I've been single and to be honest I like being single better being single is great I like being single a lot better but there are aspects of it like that and you get it much worse because you're a girl and guys are trash online where it's just (laughs) like the thing is too is like you're on a dating app like you're relatively anonymous like yes you can like you have pictures there and whatever and your first name I guess you can like you can say whatever you want and yeah you get reported on the app and that's it and that's dangerous to give in to, to that's a dangerous amount of power to place in the hands of a gender that is just so irresponsible with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even. Yeah, it, it's wild. All right. Well, that's the Kovalev shift for this week. Sure um, is. That's it. I think for this episode, mm-hmm. um, you can follow the podcast yep. on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can follow me on Twitter at Rachel Dory. You can follow me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. The podcast is on Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, but Apple Podcasts now. It's on Spotify. It's on all major podcasters, essentially. It's on everything. It's yeah. on everything. And uh, yeah, we, we this will be, we'll be coming at you next week. We don't know what division we're doing next week, but we're going to keep you in suspense. There How we go. How about that? All right. We'll talk next week. Let's order pizza. Peace. <laughs>